It is officially the dog days of the NBA offseason. Summer League is gone. Content is drying up. But DeMichael Cole and I have you covered. Never fret, never fear. Every Wednesday from here through the end of August on Lockdown Grizzlies, it is going to be Championship Wednesday, Title Wednesday, Finals Wednesday, however you want to describe it. Who the Grizzlies are as title contenders and who their competition is. We're going to start that conversation next on Lockdown Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A happy finals Wednesday to you and yours. We have lots of working titles here. We're playing through it here on Lockdown Grizzlies. That'll be part of the conversation that we're having on this episode of the show. And every Wednesday, like I said, moving in through at least the end of August, we'll see if we need a little more time beyond that. Uh, But we're super excited to be starting this new series every Wednesday with you. And hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as the Michael Cole and I will enjoy bringing it to you on Lockdown Grizzlies. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We, of course, are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also running live and strong on Twitter. or Excuse me, not just on Twitter, but on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things. Yes, we are indeed everywhere on Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, one of your hosts. I am of Bluff City Media, also of... Uh, SB Nation contribute over there every once in a while. Joined by my co-host, you guys know, to Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He looks wonderful with a backwards hat on. I do not look as good in a backwards hat. My head is too long. We got our we got our black black shirts today. We're 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 back in black. Yes, yeah. we're we're back and we told you it wouldn't take too man long black, for us baby. to get man back. Yes, and and it works out. You could be Will Smith and I could be Tommy Lee Jones. That's probably how we're perceived among Grizzlies fans. To be honest with you, there's probably some truth in that. Um, but you know, we were, uh, I think the Michael's doing a great job covering for the commercial appeal has a well-deserved little break of his own coming up. Uh, but I'll be here with you for the duration. And then the Michael will return. We're staying grinding here on lockdown Grizzlies. Oh, but yeah. as I alluded to earlier, uh, it can be challenging, right? This time of the year as an NBA content creator, it's a good time to go on vacations, which I'm happy you will be doing so here shortly. And we need them. I Absolutely. mean, we've been working hard. Yes, especially you. Yes, I agree. (laughs) So not to say that we're not excited about the lighter schedule, but it does make content a little bit more difficult. So Michael and I have decided we're going to start doing some theme things. Not every day because that would be a little bit tacky. But Mm -hmm. we've decided that Wednesdays, the idea of the Memphis Grizzlies as championship contenders. I have talked about in my coverage of this team over the last several years that I was not going to take them seriously in that way until they actually made a contender move. Mm. The clock has started because they gave up two first-round picks to bring in Marcus Smart. That was a move that says we are ready to contend now. So using that as our lens to look through, and maybe one of these Wednesdays, DeMichael will disagree with me and think perhaps we shouldn't be looking at the team in that way. But today we're going to, for the sake of brevity and for the sake of you know, my feelings, because I came up with the idea a little bit. We are going to assume the Grizzlies are championship contenders, or at the very least to get to the NBA Finals. 
Looking at the lay of the land out west to Michael Cole, who is a team coming into, and again, it's the long, drawn-out period of the offseason. We still have the James Harden trade request, the Damian Lillard trade request. Mm -hmm. There's lots of things that can still kind of move. But yeah. for all intents and purposes, the NBA major moves have completed. Like I think Nerlens Noel signed on Tuesday. That's not a mm -hmm. major earth-shattering move. Who do you see as a team that can be one that is going to hurt the Grizzlies in that contender status? Very few people are going to have Memphis as the two seed going into the season. Fast forward a couple of months when you know preseason stuff is coming out. Very few folks are going to say the Grizzlies are going to stay the two seed. Right. Right. Who is your favorite to jump ahead of that if we continue to give the Denver Nuggets the respect, in my opinion, they deserve as yep. the reigning champions? Okay, that's a, that's a good point that you made. We will give the Nuggets the respect that they Assume deserve. Assume they're so number one. We are, we're they're talking one. around the Nuggets, people. So if we don't say right. the Nuggets, I'm glad you said that because they're the defending champions. Why don't you give mm -hmm. them the respect around the Denver Nuggets? Now, the West is so stacked. Can we do two? We, we got to do yeah, two. Yeah, if you can do this, two, I think is, I can do two as well. And we might even what? be able to get to four, which will be the overall point of the segment. Hmm. Okay, so, so I'll go with my two here. And they're kind of two similar teams in a way in terms of how they stack up against the Grizzlies, and I'll get to that. Uh, I'm going to say the Suns and the Clippers because for me now, for one, the Grizzlies on paper, we've talked about it, uh, the reason me and you can say uh, that the Grizzlies may be a championship contender more than anything is because they have players that are special, that have elite categories. You have an elite scorer, an elite point guard in John Morant. You have an elite, you know, three-point shooter in Dez. You can go down the line. Marcus Smart, former defense player of the year, elite defender, Jaron Jackson Jr., same uh, elk as well. And Steven Adams, one of the best, you know, rebounders, screeners, in the game as well. So you got all these players that are elite mm -hmm. in certain categories, and that's kind of how you build a championship team. The Suns and the Clippers stand out to me because teams that have multiple guys on the wing that are just vicious scorers, that's where I'm like, okay. Because Dylan Brooks isn't here anymore yet. But Marcus Smart, he'll, 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 he'll get one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Dez can hold his own. But as someone who's covered Dez over the past – Two seasons. I will say this: having Desmond Bain chase Devin Booker off of screens, play after play after play after play after play, it's going to take a toll on his offense. Yeah, and and Desmond Bain is such a big part of what the Grizzlies do on offense that that will matter. And then going to the other guy, Bradley Beal. If the if the Suns go with a bigger lineup, which I think we expect them to do, right? Like Bradley Beal or Devin yeah. Booker. One of those guys will play point guard, which Correct. means they'll probably add a big wing. Uh, like Keita Bates probably starts for them mm -hmm. or or Yuta. One of those bigger wings. Probably Yuta. Yeah, and if they do that, uh, I think you're going to have to put Ja. Usually you hide Ja on like a, a spot-up shooter. Uh, Ja's probably going to have to guard like Bradley Beal. Right. Like I think there's a there's an impact that that has on the Grizzlies on both sides of the ball, and you're forcing you know Ja to defend more, and that's a tough matchup. Same thing with the Clippers, different way. Uh, Russell Westbrook, you you put Ja on him, like sure you're not worried about the shooting as much, but Russell Westbrook is violent. Like he right. he's gonna go at your neck, and he's coming full speed. Like you're gonna have to guard him. You can't just uh, not guard Russell Westbrook. And then you're gonna have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Sure, you say okay, yeah, Marcus Smart, you go get Kawhi. 
Uh, now Dez has to guard Paul George. Paul George is a very good movement shooter. He's going to move around a little bit. Those are the two teams that stand out as challengers. Now, again, the same area where I think the Grizzlies can separate themselves and, and dominate those two teams. Steven Adams has been like a kryptonite for DeAndre Aiden. If you look at their matchups uh, last season in particular, dominated DeAndre Aiden. That is kind of a swing in that potential matchup. If the Grizzlies can hold their own in the wing, Steven Adams is more than likely going to dominate DeAndre Aiden. Zubat isn't as much of a mismatch, but the Grizzlies have the potential because as long as Ty Lue's coach, you've seen it with the, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, you've seen it here, they like to play small. They're not even mm-hmm. going to play him that much. And if they play small against Steven Adams, I don't have to tell you what will happen. So <laughs> the Grizzlies kind of have that working in their favor. But those two teams stand out as teams that's like, man, uh, they can do some damage on the wing against the Grizzlies. I agree on those two teams, and I'll I'll give you two more. I'll say the Los Angeles Lakers, the Grizzlies' foe in yep. the most recent playoff run, and the Golden State Warriors, the Grizzlies' foe in their playoff yeah. run before. <laughs> the last two one. teams to beat them in yeah. the playoffs. I'm sure That's people will love the two that you chose. And those are two teams that are still going to be very relevant next season. The Lakers, obviously, uh, have restructured a little bit, but I like the moves they made. I think that there's still a, a team to to really reckon with in the Western Conference. They've made some smart maneuvering while still keeping around the guys that are significant to the success that they did have, right? Like Austin mm-hmm. Reeves still being there, Rui Achimura still being there, finding ways to put pieces around those guys, uh, and also still tradable pieces, right? If something happens and another star becomes disgruntled, and the Lakers can slide in at the trade deadline, they still have the capacity to make upgrades. So mm-hmm. a healthy LeBron James, a healthy Anthony Davis, even in another year older, when those two guys can go, they're two of the top 10 in the NBA. That makes them a contender. And then I'd also say Golden State because they are still very much trying to win, right? The Golden State trade of Jordan Poole for Chris Paul suggests yeah. that. They re-signed Draymond Green as well. So here's a Warriors team that's a little more cash conscious, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Chris Paul move, his contract is expiring soon, and they won't have as hefty a tax bill as they would have had if Jordan Poole had stuck around. But they don't trade for Chris Paul and say, all right, we're going to be bad now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That just means that they're depending on Steph Curry to score bunches upon bunches of buckets. That means that they're leaning into their guys that are young, that are still on the roster. And I do believe that, again, an expiring contract in Chris Paul – they could also, like the Lakers, potentially be players in a trade market that develops once the season gets underway. Yeah. So I think the Warriors and the Lakers, you said the Clippers, as well as the Suns, and I think those are four teams that all make sense. Didn't even mention the Sacramento Kings, right? That's a team that had a lot of success last season. Didn't yeah. theoretically get worse uh, in, in terms of the moves that they made. They were happy huge. with their I'm vibe. not huge on the Kings as like a threat for the Grizzlies. Sure. They're, they're a threat to, to some other teams, by the way, but Again, they run through Sabonis a lot, and Stephen Adams. You saw it last. I don't have to get it. Stephen Adams had a lot of success against. Right, Sabonis. I'll just leave that. That's and I think one. we have to define it as competition to take over that number two seed. Right, mm-hmm. could the Kings mm-hmm. be the two seed instead of the uh, the Grizzlies? Mm-hmm. If Memphis is the seven seed, goodness forbid, and the Kings are the two seed, yeah, it could be just the opposite of last year, where Memphis as a seven seed could potentially knock off they the Kings. Knock them off the game, right? And I do think that that's an important thing to, and we'll talk more about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. This team moving forward, I don't think cares as much about being the two seed because they haven't had the success they want. They are concerned about winning 16 games, April, May, and June. And because of that, 
That's why Marcus Smart is here. Because of that, they're thinking more along those lines. Smart is a 16-game guy, right? Yeah. Just like Draymond Green and others. He wants it. I, Jamal Murray has proven he's a 16-game guy. Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic, obviously. Uh, so I, I do think that that is an important distinction to make as well. So we'll talk about next what makes the Memphis Grizzlies a contender in our eyes, even if they are in the play-in for some reason. I don't expect that, but if that occurs, it's possible. You know, why would we still be confident in the Grizzlies as a contending team out West? We'll talk about that next here on our first ever Finals Wednesday on Lockdown yeah. Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Big fan of FanDuel here, obviously at uh, Locked On Grizzlies. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. Get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, You'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything, from the money line to the over-under, to who you think is going to win or get the first home run, all on a safe app that is secure, super easy to use, and when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. We are talking reasons for the Grizzlies being a contender in the Western Conference as the dust settles on the early stages of the NBA offseason. Next, here on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Molinax, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal. On this glorious first Finals Wednesday, I think that's what I've settled on, Michael. Well, yeah. the Finals Wednesday finals over the next Wednesday. several like- weeks. It'll be a reason why, and you know, we've mentioned several teams earlier in the show, it might be smart to have Locked On guests from those particular programs and teams uh, to t- discuss the, the lay of the land in the Western what Conference. Yeah, that, lots of ways we can take this. But again, as we get into the dog days here, uh, a little bit of variety in the middle of your work mm-hmm. week hopefully will help you out uh, as we go through here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Uh, DeMichael, what makes the Grizzlies a contender? Again, we're going to dive more deeply into some of these things in the yeah. weeks ahead, but this is just a general introduction to what we like best about Memphis. And I'm going to start off, if you don't mind, and okay, I'm go going to focus it. on the fact that a championship core, right? You go through, and this is the time of year again. It's 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 the dog days for everybody. People are going to start ranking players. People are going to do Twitter polls, all these sorts of things, trying to generate content about the NBA. If you had to rank John ja Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain, the lowest ranked one is probably Desmond Bain. I don't think you get past 40 at this point with Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain, if you follow the NBA closely, in my opinion, should be at worst of top 40 player. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is a top 30 player at this stage in his NBA development. And I think John Morant's a top 20 player. Okay? Maybe he's even better than that. And you can make those arguments. I'm talking about floors. So John Morant is the 20th best player. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the 30th best. Desmond Bain is the 40th best. That's my opinion. If you've got three guys in the top 40, you're a championship contending team because that's what matters most. You have a chance. And I think as obviously John Morant won't be there the first 25 games, but as we just mentioned a moment ago, that doesn't matter anymore, right? That doesn't matter. The Grizzlies go 12 and 13 in the 25 games that Jaws out, 11 and 14. Are we going to panic and say that they're not going to make the playoffs? Absolutely not because they can turn things on and they can make the playoffs as a five, six seed and 
go after it with a championship core in place. I am saying that the Grizzlies are a contender in the Western Conference to get to the NBA Finals. Much like the Denver Nuggets are betting on their core, the Grizzlies have bet on their core. Yeah, I, I like that. And I kind of want to attack this from two different levels here. Please. So the first level, I want to play off of what you just said with the whole championship core. I completely agree. Uh, from But what I want to add is you have to be good in the regular season uh, to put yourself in position to be a championship team. Think uh, this year with the Nuggets. If if the Suns maybe would have been higher up or if, you know, the Lakers, I mean, they had to, they had a seventh seed, I think it was, or whatever. But the Nuggets were the one seed at home court against everyone, and they obliterated everyone on their home floor. If you put yourself in position, it increases your championship odds. Uh, but with that being said, the Grizzlies, have, as they've established over the last couple of years, because of their depth, they've been able – to put themselves in position to be a championship a contender. And that depth is probably going to be stronger this year. I would say probably stronger than the last two seasons because uh, you have a lot of guys that are in position to take some jumps. Uh, you're probably going to bring a guy like Marky Smart off the bench. You got Derrick Rose added in there as well. Um, you're going to get some some internal jumps. I think Santi will be better and, and, and everything around there. So I touched on that. They have improved depth, which as we saw in the playoffs um, – they needed more depth because there's probably two guys who performed above a C average in that series against the Lakers. If that it was not great, it, it, it was just a lot of people who underperformed. But the thing that makes the Grizzlies a championship contender to me is defense. Defense wins championships, and the Grizzlies have had a top five rated defense the past two seasons. And not only that, uh, they have great individual defenders, which you need in the postseason to say, I got LeBron. I got Steph. I got uh, KD. Move. I got him. You're going to need that because in the postseason, everyone knows each other's plays. This is what the players talk to us about, right? Uh, they know each other's plays. At that point, it's just I'm better than him. And that's why with Jokic, I mean, you saw teams try to uh, singly guard him, and then he scores 40. And then they double, and then he gets 15 assists. Like, at the end of the day, it's a simple game. But the fact that the Grizzlies can say, hey, we're going to put Marcus Smart on the best perimeter guy, uh, Steven Adams, if you got a, a strong guy who's going to drive to the basket at center, Steven Adams is going to get him. We don't even have to put Jaron on him. Jaron can just free flow from the weak side, from strong side, and just, just knock everything out of the air. Uh, the Grizzlies will be in position because of that. And not only just because of those guys, because you have David Roddy who can say, okay, I'll guard the three this possession. I'll guard the four the next possession. Or then you have Xavier Tillman who can guard twos, threes, fours, five, and hold his own in all those situations. They have a bunch of defenders who have that versatility that you need in the playoffs. We saw Xavier Tillman guarding Anthony Davis and doing a good job in stretches. Then we saw him guarding LeBron James and doing a good job in stretches. You need those guys uh, so you won't get 40 dropped on your head in the playoffs. Uh, the Grizzlies, strong defense. Taylor Jenkins emphasizes it. The fan base goes a little wild sometimes because of this. Because this, what I'm talking about right now, this is why you see John Conchar on the floor in certain possessions instead and why of why you don't see Kenneth Lofton Jr. Exactly, and then that's what I was getting to. And you know, when he got upgraded to the the main roster when he got the standard contract, a lot of people felt that oh, maybe maybe he'll get some minutes. In the postseason, and no, because defense is what Taylor Jenkins – for Mike D'Antoni, he probably gets some minutes. <laughs> but and with Taylor Jenkins, not happening. So, But that emphasis on defense, it will eventually play off if something changes that I'll probably talk about a little bit later.
Interesting. And I do think when you combine that defensive prowess with the championship core, that is absolutely what makes the Grizzlies uh, finals contender on this finals Wednesday. And again, we're going to dive more deeply into the numbers, watch some tape back from last year. We're going to give you more reasons, defensive pairings, roster alignments, why you should be confident in those contender ideas moving forward every Wednesday here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But we're also going to talk about, unfortunately, what may make Memphis a team that could be a pretender, a team that if they're in the play-in, according to a prognosticator a few months from now, what would happen or what could happen that would make that a reality? We're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Molinax, hanging out with my co-host and dear friend, cool in a backwards hat, DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at DeMichael C. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Joe Molinax. Between the two of us, between Bluff City Media, where I work and where uh, DeMichael does his, his business over the Commercial Appeal, we've got you covered when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. But you, you started your day, you started your consumption of content the right way with us here at Locked on Grizzlies, and we're very appreciative of that, however you're taking in the show, podcast, YouTube, whatever it might be. Uh, DeMichael, we've started our first Finals Wednesday, taking a look at the idea of, obviously, who could supplant Memphis. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks on Wednesday episodes. We've talked about reasons to be confident in the Grizzlies. We'll go more in-depth with those reasons on future episodes on Wednesdays, going through the month of August. Uh, Now it's time to be real, right? or maybe not necessarily real, but pessimistic even. Maybe that's a better way to put it. If the Grizzlies were pretenders, why would that be? And I went first uh, in the previous part of the show, so I'll let you tackle this question uh, since I'm always seen as the negative one anyway. Uh, Why would, if Memphis is a pretender to get to the NBA Finals, why do you think Mm -hmm. that may happen? And I don't even think this is a negative thing to say. This is something, if you're a fan of the Grizzlies, this is a <laughs> dub moment for you. Because if, if if you don't agree with this, you're probably in denial at this point. Sure. You're, you're just probably in denial. Uh, the half-court offense is, is subpar at this point, and it has to improve in order for the Grizzlies to take that next step. Well, if you look at the players that they have right now, how is it going to improve? Uh, that's the question. And, for example, you got Ja. Ja was two seasons ago. Uh, the NBA introduced the NBA Clutch Player of the Year Award. This mm-hmm. past season, Aaron Fox won it. Two years ago, Ja Morant would have won that award. I talked to a bunch of people. He would have won that award uh, two seasons ago if that award was a thing. Had a very subpar fourth quarter. His fourth quarter numbers were way worse than his first quarter, second quarter, third quarter's numbers. numbers. Uh, I mean, he shot below 20% from three-point range in clutch uh, minutes. He wasn't even taking three-pointers, just didn't trust the shot enough to take it down the stretch of a close game. And opponents feasted on that. They know, oh, Josh's not going to shoot three-pointers in the last two minutes of a of a game that's within five points. He doesn't, he doesn't want he don't want to do that. He's just going to drive into three or four defenders, and they'll be sitting there waiting on him, kind of walled up like the Lakers were. And uh, that's going to have to improve. I think Desmond Bain is another internal guy. He's going he's gonna to have to become a better uh, isolation scorer. It's not his strength uh, as a player at this point of his career. Remember uh, early, earlier during the season, I talked about the isolation scoring numbers. We talk about the core. If you look at the core players, Job was in the bottom third of the NBA in isolation scoring. Uh, Desmond Bain in terms of their efficiency and isolation scoring. Same thing. Jaron Jackson Jr. was the one guy who was sort of efficient 
in those roles. I think he was like 85 percentile. But at the same time, Jaron is the one who gets the least touches of the three guys in those roles. So uh, that is something that's going to have to improve. The easiest way I think that can improve is you got to put a shooter on the floor in that small forward row. Uh, simple, add Luke Kennard to closing lineups. Now, okay, now you worry about defense, right? We just talked about how defense is a strength. Now you probably take Marcus Smart off of the floor uh, or whatever the case may be, but it's 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 tough. It's it's you. That's the position that the team is in right now. I'm sure that's why people like yourself – uh, advocated for that small forward mm. in particular three and D wing. So now you don't have to choose in between Marcus Martin, and Luke Kennard. You probably could just have some sort of uh, resemblance of that player in one guy, but you're probably going to see some offense defense uh, substitutions late down the stretch. But at the, at the end of the day, the half court offense into the same ilk, the shooting, uh, I think the shooting overall will be a little bit better this year because you're going to have improved shooting from guys off the bench, Jake Arabia. David Roddy, uh, guys who could really help the team from a shooting standpoint. But again, uh, depending on Marcus Smart to to help your team be a better three point shooting team than last season, that's not smart. Um, I, I and, see what you did there. I see what you did there. And 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 quite frankly, uh, I think what the Grizzlies will have to decide is we might see a little bit more offense defense subs because teams have caught on to to the job driving. Job's going to have to. To incorporate, we talked about it last summer, you know, the mid-range jumpers and things like that. Uh, there's going to have to be more of that because once he gets inside of the three-point line, teams aren't respecting anything until he gets to the rim. They're basically beating him to the spot. Come on, come on to where we're at. That's right. what they're saying. And he could just pull up and shoot that mid-range shot. That's why he shoots that floater a lot and whatever the case may be. But the reason that some teams, some people around the NBA may look at the Grizzlies right now as pretenders is because – they're not a highly efficient half-court offense, which is essential. I mean, we just watched the Nuggets. I mean, they got out in transition a little bit, but that wasn't their game. No. The Nuggets just – Jokic just got, got that ball. He touched it, and it just started moving around, and you didn't know who was going to shoot it on any given position. Uh, possession. The Grizzlies uh, need to be a better half-court scoring team. In order to do that, you need better shooting around John Morant. How do you do that? You put Luke Kennard on the floor. Maybe you get the best of both worlds. Maybe Jake Morecki takes that leap a little bit more. And he's a solid defender, I think. Or David Roddy uh, becomes a, a more of a knockdown shooter. And you have those guys on the floor, along with Jaron, along with uh, Steven Adams or Xavier Tillman Sr., depending on the matchup uh, and, and whatnot. But the shooting has to improve because teams can't respect the shooting. They're not going to respect the Grizzlies as a half-court offense. If you could merge Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard together. Oh. Right, that's a max player. Well, that's probably like Drew Holiday or something like yeah. that, I would suppose. But uh, if you could take those two guys and merge them, you know, they would be the ideal, and maybe add a couple of inches, and 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 that would be my reason. There, pretenders, you alluded to it a moment ago. It takes two to tango. You heard uh, Zach Kleiman, the GM of the Grizzlies, say that numerous times. If Masai Ujiri didn't want to trade. OG and Anobi, which it sounds like that's 100% the case. Like it's no one else Siakam. is getting it. It's not well, just the Yeah, right. Like Siakam might be moving instead of uh, Ananobi. And if that's the case, then, you know, you've mentioned Steven Adams several times on this episode. I think fairly Memphis isn't going to go get uh, Siakam. Yeah. So I, I think that in the absence of acquiring a Mikel Bridges or OG Ananobi, they did the best they could bringing in Marcus Smart, but it's still an imperfect fit. 
And my concern would continue to be about depending on, even though the team did technically get older, right? You send out Dylan Brooks, you send out Tyus Jones, Derek Rose, and uh, obviously Marcus Smart are the two replacements for those guys. The team is technically older, and of course, everyone will be a year older uh, as next season goes along. You're still a young team in terms of your championship core. And in terms of a bigger wing, you are still going to be depending on young players, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, or Zaire Williams. It's going to be one of those three that you're counting on. That gives me pause, and I think that that's an important role because if there's a time where you have to have someone that is bigger, you know, Brandon Ingram, right, Kevin Mm -hmm. Durant, he's bigger. Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart's not going to defend Yeah, Correct. And – that doesn't mean that Marcus Smart was the wrong guy to select and pick out to try to trade for. It's just the reality of, of size, right? That's just how the world works. Uh, LaRavia, in theory, could defend those guys because of his frame. William Zaire, in theory, could defend yep. those guys because of his frame. But are they going to be offensively productive enough, in the half court in particular, to mm-hmm. warrant that opportunity? That's a major question. And I think coming out of Summer League, we can be a little bit more confident in LaRavia. But as people in the YouTube comments pointed out, he still shot really poorly. And we're still not seeing him, at least aside from the G League, be in an efficient position as a scorer. He might be showing the ability to do the things that we want him to mm-hmm. do. But mm-hmm. doing it at the level that a contending team, again, this is Finals Wednesday, right? Yep. A team that makes the NBA Finals is going to need more out of those young this guys. This is a mediocre Wednesday. We're, we're right. talking about the year. This is Finals Wednesday. Right. And I do think that that is an important thing to understand moving forward. And it's one of the things that, you know, on a future episode on a Wednesday, maybe we talk about how those guys can take those leaps, show us aside from the bucket, just go or the ball going into the bucket, Mm -hmm. uh, showing us ways that they will be ready when that moment comes. The good news is, as we talked about here, as as we're now focusing on the finals or being a contender for the finals, they don't even necessarily be ready for November. Right. Will they be ready? And April of 2024, which is thankfully still nine months from now. So a lot of time to work on the game, right? And a lot of time for guys like Brandon Clark to get healthy. To your point yeah, about yeah. Memphis being a contender, uh, you mentioned all the defensive versatility in the front court. Add a healthy Brandon Clark to that come spring, and yeah. you, you've got lots of reasons to be optimistic about this team. So we're going to yeah. break this down more in depth in subsequent Wednesdays, Wednesdays to follow. Hopefully you'll prioritize every episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, but in particular our uh, our finals Wednesday shows as we enter the the window of contention. The Grizzlies are still a pretty young team, but you don't do what Memphis did this past offseason and expect to not compete for a championship. And somebody that we didn't talk about as much in this episode that I think might be a good focus for next week will be Taylor Jenkins. How does he grow and improve as a coach? Because I don't know if he's on the hot seat, but I'm not. Mm. I don't think that thing's freezing either. I think maybe no. a lukewarm seat uh, is a good way to put. Uh, in reality, uh, among many Grizzlies fans, he might be on the hot seat. But maybe next Wednesday, that'll be our first focus: is Taylor Jenkins and developing and growing a, a championship system in Memphis with the Grizzlies. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Grizzlies. It is much appreciated each and every day. Our everydayers, we appreciate you immensely. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud parts of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. You can also check us out on YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things. 
on tomorrow's episode to Michael, like I said, we're not going to make everything a theme, but mm -hmm. I do think that it might be a good idea to get your perspective on players that could or could not be on the roster, right? Like who are guys that, and again, we have a long time before training yeah. camp. We'll have different conversations once we get there. But these new names, you know, I think helping people catch up with the Grizzlies have made lots, the sign and trade with Dylan Brooks, the picks trade with the Suns. Who exactly mm -hmm. are these guys they got? I know you talked about uh, Christopher last week uh, with the show on Locked On, but just how possible it is for them to even be on the roster or are they just guys that could maybe used in a future trade? Are they guys that just are going to be fodder for being cut come October? Are they potential Memphis hustle guys? Maybe mm -hmm. we take a look at some of these you know, newer faces and really kind of weigh what their role might be on the team going into October and training camp. Yeah, it's time to get into some of these new guys, right? We, mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about Josh Christopher, but you have Derek yes. Rose. Uh, we talked a little bit about Marcus Smart. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, these are all guys who could impact the Grizzlies in some way, shape, or form of, you know, especially the older two guys. Marcus right. Smart, he's going to be a big part of this team. Derek Rose should be a big part of this team, especially when John Moran is suspended. Uh, so we got we to gotta discuss these guys. Like, it's only right. They're, they're pieces – who could really impact this season for the Grizzlies. And that's what we will focus on on our Thursday edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining DeMichael and I on our first finals Wednesday. Already excited for next week, DeMichael, at I least I wait. am. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's going to be a wonderful dog days of the summer. I'm going to attack it. I'm not going to dread it. I'm going to be excited to talk Grizzlies basketball through these dog days of the offseason. Make sure that you're with us each and every day, wherever you get your podcast free and available. Also, check us out on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Until Thursday, that's the Michael. I'm Joe. 